Today, we have the wonderful CEO and founder, Cindy Dolphin. We get to talk about the lack of patient centricity in healthcare at the moment. From a first-hand perspective, she also speaks about how healthcare can begin to better understand and innovate throughout the patient's journey. If you enjoy this episode, do not forget to go to www.acftechnologies.com forward slash podcast where you can subscribe to our mailing list and I will see you in seven and a half seconds. Hello everybody, welcome back to Customer Experience Conversations. Today I'm joined by Simon. Hello. And Cindy Dolphin. Good morning. Good morning. Cindy is the CEO and founder of Keely. Have I pronounced that right? Yes. And they are medical drain carrier providers. She's a member of the Academy of Oncology Nurse and Patient Navigators. And you can find her website at www.medicaldraincarrier.com. So the first question I wanted to ask you, Cindy, is where your journey started and how did you get to where you are now? (laughs) Thank you. Well, I had a pretty active uh, career in adult beverage marketing and uh, felt that I had it pretty well made until I got diagnosed with cancer um, for the first time. And then there were three subsequent diagnoses of cancer. So um, I took a break from that career in order to deal with these diagnoses. And over that period of time, had a number of surgeries. And surgeries were um, usually done by a very capable team of surgical um, experts. And I felt very comfortable going into the surgeries knowing that the uh, surgical suite was uh, well equipped to handle what they needed to do. But as I came through the surgery and on to the recovery part of the cancer diagnosis, I found that there were some voids in the care for the patient. And it seemed as if there were opportunities for the patient to provide some feedback to these very knowledgeable and experts um, in cancer surgery in order to make the journey a little bit easier for the patient. So for the last five years, I've been working on a product that is certainly helpful to a patient as they're recovering from cancer surgery, but other surgeries. And as I've been developing the product, I found that being a patient advocate in the world of research and development for medical supplies is something that's just really not done, at least here in the U.S. And I am now promoting Uh, the opportunity to include patients in the development of new products. That's quite interesting. So would you, would you say that that history of yourself has made you kind of stronger and driving your message more and kind of more aware of that patient kind of centric view? Definitely. I mean, um, it, has to do with the fact that as a patient, your experience is far different than the medical team's experience. And having um, the awkwardness of dealing with, uh, in this case, medical drains that are full of 
really gross fluids that are pinned to my clothing is not only embarrassing, but um, it can cause complications. So the outcome from surgeries aren't as successful. And so having been in the shoes of the patient, I feel that I can help the medical professionals and um, help those medical supply companies come up with better ideas about how to address the pain points of being a patient. Yeah, that's quite interesting, isn't it? That, that, that's still, I'm kind of quite surprised myself still how, how that's lacking in the whole healthcare world. I mean, in, in almost any country, isn't it? There's almost that, that, that lack of, not, I wouldn't say of, of patient awareness, but still the way you described it, that absolute understanding from the patient perspective. It almost takes somebody like yourself who's gone through that moment to actually stand up and drive it through that, that healthcare environment. Isn't that true? It's kind of almost frustratingly missing, isn't it? Yeah. And I do understand that commercial medical supply companies are very dependent on you know generating revenue in order to keep the doors open. But when I approach some of these large companies to talk about small, simple products, they're not going to spend a lot of time on it because actually their revenue is driven by the large, complicated products like robotics and AI. And um, they don't see the financial benefit of investing in simple day-to-day solutions for patients. So I think um, there's definitely a need for patients to speak up and tell the um, community of medical device companies that they need to listen. And, And it's not just the patients, it's caregivers also. I am aware of a a hospice nurse that invented a brilliant way to deal with soiled bed sheets when the patient is bedridden. And often these nurses um, receive injuries from having to turn the patients in order to remove the sheets. And a simple um, solution that is very inexpensive but works very well has not been embraced by the medical community because it really isn't something that works um, to drive revenue. Mm, yeah, I understand that. And isn't, I find that fascinating that sometimes the, that, that innovation that you're looking for, it can be from somebody on the front line doing something that they don't even realize what they're doing is good. You know, the example that you, that you just gave, there's someone doing something that doesn't even realize what they're doing is valuable. You know, it's, I, I, that's, I find that really fascinating. So it's almost like the patient is the innovator in this scenario. Yeah, there are some brilliant ideas out there that, um, I mean, another small example, but sweet, is that there's a young woman or 11-year-old who was diagnosed with cancer and unfortunately had to receive chemotherapy uh, frequently. And she and her dad came up with a solution for those infusion poles that are clumsy and awkward. And they created a prototype back 
backpack that had a small infusion pole on it. So this young girl could take her infusion appointments to the pediatric ward where she could be surrounded by those that are, you know, the same age as her and feel a lot more comfortable than being in the infusion ward where it's mostly adults and in some cases pretty sad situations. So pretty simple, but works very well for um, a very wonderful uh, response. Mm. And and I guess at the moment, we have, we can't really get away without mentioning the current kind of global situations. Those of you that are listening, we are recording this during the kind of uh, COVID, COVID uh, epidemic globally. And I don't, I don't think we can get away with not mentioning it because what are your thoughts there? What, what impact is that going to have on healthcare organizations and hospitals globally having the ability then to look at innovation? Because uh, at the moment, we don't really know what the new normal is going to be or, or how procurement teams or budgets are going to be arranged. Do you think it's going to impact innovation and small businesses like, like, like ours? Or, or do you think it's going to potentially open up new opportunities to improve that patient-centric view that we didn't have before? Good point. Um, I think the coronavirus is giving a new perspective to patient empathy and um, and caregiver empathy. And I see there being an infusion of dollars going to the healthcare industry. And I'm hoping that instead of taking the dollars and focusing it on actual cures, which is important, but also addressing the needs of the people who already have the illness or the virus and the care um, that needs to be given those people who are dealing with the tragedy of being infected. And um, I think human-centered design, which is a concept that's been around for a while, is an excellent way to analyze the COVID-19 situation. It's coming to a place where you sit in the in the seat of the patient who's having the virus and how could their life be a little bit easier, perhaps even allow them to recover faster and giving that patient an opportunity to have a voice, a, a seat at the table and, and talking about both the physical and the emotional trauma of going through a virus like this. Yeah, I completely agree. It's I don't know. I, I'm kind of frustrated slightly that, that this is almost an opportunity for a more of a global approach to that design focus that you're talking about. But I don't, I don't particularly see that happening. I kind of see still that kind of nations working separately uh, as opposed to kind of collaboratively in, in, into, you know, improving that patient centric design. So it's a bit of a strange moment we're in, aren't we? I mean, there's actually some journal articles out there about how patients are increasingly able to conceive and develop medical devices that meet their own needs. And they're doing it without the help of the uh, corporate or commercial world. And I think um, if we can learn something from this uh, current virus situation, it's that we can be more sensitive to uh, the day-to-day problems and um, just bathing or um, 
sanitation. Um, I know in the unhoused community that there's a huge issue around sanitation practices and thinking of how that unhoused individual can deal with this virus and coming to them to find out what would be the best solution rather than looking through the lens of somebody who's treating them. Hopefully, I, I, you know, I, I think there are a lot of opportunities here, aren't there? Looking at what, whatever the new normal is going to be, I think there's going to be a lots, lots of changes. I, I don't think not just procedurally. I also think with kind of human, with human habit as well, you know, yeah. just some simple ideas we were talking about kind of a few days ago was has that patient centric view changed all of a sudden now where, you know, historically you'd have you know, 80 to a hundred people waiting in a cramped little room in a hospital waiting to have a blood test, you know, that, that kind of environment now, and quite rightly it should, should be avoided now, you know, that, that patient centric view is, is also about their, the care of them and the safety in the environment that they're in. I think that, that flow should change and will that kind of also push towards more telephone consultations where face-to-face isn't required and will that create the space in the breathing room for hospitals to implement some more innovation to improve the patient position from their perspective? I'm, I'm kind of quietly hoping that, that, that we see lots of positives come from this because I think it is really highlighting where we're falling short right now, isn't it? Yeah. Well, and I hope you're not quietly hoping that you're vocal about it. It needs to be talked about. And, you know, it's sort of, we're at a point where you mentioned global collaboration. And it's a point where we can really transform healthcare by doing kind of open source solutions rather than keeping solutions to our country or to a certain um, medical technology group. It's giving it to the entire world and sharing it, making open source uh, solutions the same as open source technology and sharing and giving everyone the opportunity to hear what worked in their community or worked in their situation and how that could be helpful in others' um, situation. Yeah, the importance of these small innovations are definitely overlooked, especially in healthcare at the moment. Obviously, for the, the greater innovations, the larger ones like, just for example, the invention of MRI scanners, that they, they save a lot of lives. But then again, how many lives do you reckon are saved by all of the small innovations going on in healthcare by smaller organizations, probably a similar number when you add it, when you add it all up. Yeah, it's definitely a way to grow our economy too, is giving smaller businesses an opportunity to come to the table. Yeah. And, and I, I like what you said earlier about open source. I, in, in the business world, you can fully understand why ideas are kind of protected through patents, but, I, I do believe that there needs to be kind of a middle ground because open source is a real way of allowing small businesses to not just come up with new ideas, but expand on existing ideas and, and allow that, those small businesses to grow and build something that is kind of genuinely and continuously solving a real world problem. And I think until that, until that open source kind of fashion exists, it kind of slows things down slightly, doesn't it? Yeah, there 
are some great ideas from people that um, are frankly not equipped to be um, financially set to get those patents. So how can we help them get that brilliant idea out there without having to deal with FDA approvals and patents and you know intellectual properties let's let's grow their ideas yeah because that that then discourages what we clearly see at the moment is large multinational suppliers to the healthcare environments providing products that they know are substandard but that that organization is the global go-to for that product even though it's not not the best one there are better ones out there from kind of encouraging healthcare organizations take up those those you know offerings from smaller businesses that are more you know able to adapt and 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 bring out new innovation that that side of the market seems much more exciting it's exciting that some hospitals are now developing innovation centers. So um, rather than counting on these large medical supply companies, they're encouraging their own staff and possibly eventually their own patients to be part of the innovation cycle um, for their particular um, specialty in the hospital. So I'm hoping that hospital innovation centers are going to be driving more of this in the future. Yeah, that's a really interesting idea. I would love to see that implemented in the UK. The nature of healthcare here is slightly different than it is in the US. There's a lot more public healthcare. Uh, they're still private, but I'm not aware of any of the privates having those kinds of departments. Before we wrap up, Cindy, I would like to ask you one more question. If you could speak to some of the healthcare leaders or individuals in charge of innovation, what would you say to them? What advice would you give them and why? I think it's important that patients make their very own physicians aware of ways that improve the patient experience. And then we are hopeful that the medical teams are willing to be vocal about it and share it with other medical teams um, and collaborate as um thought leaders for the growth of uh, new ideas. So uh, as a patient, you're often discounted as having um, any experience or knowledge. But when uh, medical professionals are uh, important and uh, willing to go to uh, seminars, uh, trade shows, meetings, and talk about it, they can influence the future. So uh, I think it's important for patients to be uh, vocal about what they think needs to be done. And then there's a a wonderful quote that was um, told to me by an oncologist, and that's that when you equip a patient with the knowledge that their own creation can improve the medical outcome for others, it only adds to their own healing process. So it's um, kind of a paying it forward concept that if physicians understand that a patient is willing to share valuable information, it will help others, but it helps that patient too. Mm. Do you think, do you think there's a a way hospitals can better get feedback from their patients? I don't know if there's any processes currently setting set in place like surveys or I know in the U S we have hospitals conducting surveys, uh, to, uh, with patients who have um, been treated at their hospital, but it's more of a um, 
qualitative and or quantitative and not qualitative. You know, did you get the um, prescription at the time you needed it, and not how could we improve your experience? And I think that narrative needs to be included um, any kind of survey that's conducted by the hospital. Definitely, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of Japanese me- methodology about Kaizen improvement, continuous improvement over a long, long time scale adds up. And yeah, like you said, definitely healthcare need to find a way to acquire more feedback, qualitative feedback on the patient's experience. We'll hope that this, um, maybe this virus will drive that new way of thinking. And um, I'm sure there's going to be a few good things that come from all of this. Unfortunately, we'll have to suffer through the bad things and we'll hope that it goes fairly quickly. What a perfect place to finish. I, I, I absolutely agree. I hope we, we see just benefits coming after we get over this horrible situation. So that's a good place to wrap it up. Thank you very much for joining, Cindy. It's been great chatting to you. Thank you. I've enjoyed the opportunity to share a little bit of the patient perspective. Thank you for listening, everybody. And we will see you next time.